You guys ready for the word? I'm ready to give it. You know, we're, we've been journeying through um, a study of the, of the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. This is week 10, believe it or not. This is week 10 of, uh, of our journey. And I want to talk to you about something that we very, really, rarely dive into. And, and I want to talk to you about it today. First thing I want to do, though, is I want to give you the definition of a seal. The definition of a seal. Because what I want to do is talk to you about the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, our seals. I want to talk to you about the seal of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a definition of seal. There's several. Here's the first. A seal is used to preserve a product and prevent tampering. So I've got a couple of, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So I've got a couple of illustrations I want to give you. I probably want to turn it this way right here. Around like this. I can sit there like this. Perfect. See, these people that have been with me for a long time know that I can become very de demonstrative. I like to use my hands. Yes, that's better. Is that better? All right. I like to use my hands. So, so a seal is used to preserve a product, and it's proof of whether or not that product has been tampered with or it's expired. So, like this, for example. And there are many products like this. This is um, signature Italian dressing from Olive Garden. As you can see, it's got a seal on it. And there are many products just like this that have seals on them that give you the expiration date, tell you when it's no longer good, the seal is expired, or tells you that if this seal has been broken or tampered with for you not to use or consume the product, right? Sealed. Everybody say sealed. Okay. Another definition of seal is a device or a substance that's used to join two things together to prevent them from coming apart or to prevent anything from passing between them. Now, I don't, I don't claim to be a plumber. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to tell you I'm not a plumber. Anybody that's been to my house like, um, like Matt or, or Jack Mazahara knows I am not a plumber. But I know enough about plumbing to know that if you want all of the parts to work properly when they're placed together, there has to be a seal in the middle of it to keep it from coming apart and to make sure that what's supposed to stay in stays in and what's not supposed to escape or not what's supposed to uh, get out gets out. Okay, so. A seal is a device or a substance that is used to join two things together so to prevent them from coming apart or to prevent anything from passing between them. There is a seal right here. On the inside of this apparatus here, this P-trap, I believe it's called, is another seal that stops the leaks. And if you've ever had a leaky sink, you know that it's horrible when the seals are broken. Amen? Here's another seal. The third type of seal I'm going to talk to you about is a design. The definition of seal is a design stamped on a document as evidence of its authenticity. A design stamped on a document as evidence of its authenticity. That is the seal of the United States 
of America. And everything that is the United States, all of our resources, um, everything that's connected to us, the people, are, are all underneath that seal. This is the seal of our great nation. It is the seal of the kingdom, if you will, of the United States. Now, I got a couple things I'm going to show you. This is my passport. It has the seal of the United States of America on it. It's, there's a note in here from the Secretary of the State of the United States, and he says this. The Secretary of the United States of America hereby requests that all whom may, who it may concern permit the citizen or national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance in case of need to give all lawful aid and protection. This is a passport that says that no matter where I go, I'm a United States citizen. And the power and the authority that comes with the government of the United States goes with me wherever I go. Yeah? Now, this passport happens to be expired, <laughs> which means I can't go anywhere if I tried to use this passport. I'd get stopped at security, and it'd be no good. So I'm a citizen of the United States. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. This is my birth certificate. It looks old, doesn't it? Stop it. Stop it. This certifies that I was born in the state of Alaska, certified by the Bureau of Vital Statistics in Juneau, Alaska. And it carries the seal of the state of Alaska, which is the 49th state in our great nation. It's a seal. If you're a citizen of the United States, you have the seal of the United States on you wherever you go. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a seal on our life that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. It can't be tampered with. It can't be broken. It'll never come apart. Nothing can ever come between it. It's a permanent seal that never expires, and it carries the power and the authority of the kingdom of God, and it is guaranteed to endure forever. I want to talk to you about that seal today. And matter of fact, I want to spend the next two weeks talking about the seal of the Holy Spirit. Here's my first point. The seal of the Holy Spirit permanently seals us in Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give you a ton of scripture. Because unlike uh, expository teaching where it's a line-by-line -line thing and I just, you know, I'm, I, I, I dissect the scripture, this is a topical text or a topical uh, message today. And so I'm going to give you a ton of support scripture. I encourage you to write them down, research them, read them, make sure that I'm taking it in context, which I am. I'm going to tell you now, I'm taking it in context, but I want you to see it for yourself. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there as I'm going through these scriptures. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit permanently seals us in Christ. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. It is God who establishes us with Christ, with you in Christ, and has anointed us, and has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Look at this next one. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed. Everybody say sealed. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is our seal. He is the seal of God on our lives. That's the first one. Here's the second point. The seal of the Holy Spirit proves that our status as citizens, as of the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit proves our status as citizens of the kingdom of God. Take a look what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God. Look at that last part. By the Spirit. The Holy Spirit proves our status as kingdom, children, and citizens. Let's look at another one. Found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be his glorious body by the power that enabled him, enables him even to subject all things to himself. Paul writes for us, in Romans, that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. Brings our spirit alive. That same power causes us to be citizens of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. God is moving everything purposefully and powerfully to his desired conclusion for our world. He is powerfully and purposefully moving everything by the power of his will to his divine conclusion for our world and for our individual lives. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We can either be Obedient to the will of God and follow what he wants us to do and get in line with where he's going. 
or we can be swept away in the wake of what he's doing. But make no mistake, God is moving everything according to the purpose of his will and according to the divine destiny that he has set in this earth for every single one of us. And there is no escape from it. And that's why I love the fact that every time someone surrenders their life to Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God expands. And every time someone surrenders their life to Jesus Christ, we get closer and closer to the coming of Jesus. Did you know that? Every single time someone gives their life to Jesus Christ, the kingdom of our God expands. There's another citizen that will spend eternity in heaven as a result of the gospel of Jesus Christ transforming their lives. And I believe that's why Jesus gave us the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel so that anyone who would believe would not perish, but that they would receive eternal life. He tells us to make disciples. Here's the third point. The seal of the Holy Spirit grants us access to the king and authority in his name. Look what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let's look what Matthew says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, I tell you, you are Peter. Jesus is speaking here. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Authority and access to the throne of God as citizens of the kingdom of God. Look what Luke writes in Luke chapter 10. Begin at verse 19, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Listen to this. He didn't say your names will be written in heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, your name is already written in heaven. I'm the only one that gets happy when I think about that. Wow. That's powerful. Here's my fourth and final point. Talking about the Holy Spirit, our seal. The seal of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live triumphantly in life. To live triumphantly in life. Triumphantly. Everybody say triumphantly. 
The power of God is the Holy Spirit. The power of God is the Holy Spirit. The power of God is the Holy Spirit. And it is he who empowers us to live triumphantly in this life. In Mark chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says that Jesus had just been baptized, and he comes up out of the water, and he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. And then Luke chapter 4, Luke tells us that, that not only was he tempted by Satan, but he was tempted for 40 days. Look what Luke tells us in chapter 4, verse 13. He says, "Ben, when the devil had ended every temptation... How many of you want to be like Jesus? Raise your hand if you want to be like Jesus. Don't you know if you want to be like Jesus, you're going you're gonna to be tempted, tested, and tried? Listen, the scripture says when, when, when Satan had entered all of his temptations, every one of his temptations, when he was done and had nothing left to tempt Jesus with, he departed him. Still looking for an opportune time. You might be going through a temptation test or trial right now. And I'm praying that God gives you the victory over it. And he will. Because the greater one lives on the inside of us. But listen, when you get to the other side of that temptation test or trial, get your praise on and keep your weapons attached and connected. Because you are either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or getting ready to go back into one. And so it is in the world that we live in. Jesus was our example. But listen what happens when we just stay with it. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and, we, and a report went out about him throughout all the surrounding country, listen to this. Jesus, our Savior, was led into the wilderness for a purpose, to be tempted by Satan. Why? Not for the temptation's sake, but that at the end of the temptation, he would return in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you now, working in you through the temptation that you're in, through the test that you're in, through the trial that you're in. But let me tell you something. There is something about living triumphantly and getting on the other side of that. You just feel more powerful, don't you? You feel stronger after having gone through a temptation, test, or trial. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us to live triumphant lives. Listen, it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You have the power of God inside of you to overcome that trial. God doesn't bring us into his, into his kingdom to lead a life of discouragement and defeat. Instead, the Holy Spirit empowers us with the resolve to do good works 
that Christ might be glorified in us. Look what Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. He says, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good, every work of faith by his power, so that in the name of our Lord Jesus, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to empower every facet of our lives. Let me say that again. As followers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to empower every facet of our lives. The old folk used to say it like this. I was looking in the mirror today, and I was like, you know, I'm not too far from being the old folk now. Hey, don't be laughing. You just keep living. You'll get there too. The old folk said, used to say, Baby, when the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you power to walk right, power to talk right, power to pray right, power to stay right, power to see right, power to be right, power to live right, power to give right, power to resist every form of temptation. Power, baby. I'm telling you the truth. We shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Power in our relationships, in our family relationships, in every other relationship. <laughs> power in the intimate areas of our marriage. Power on our jobs. Power in our homes. Power to witness. As followers of Jesus, power he comes to empower us to live triumphantly in every area of life. But listen, the only way that you can have the seal of the Holy Spirit on our lives is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't buy him. You can't sell him. You can't barter for the Holy Spirit. You can't have him or even operate in his power without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot have him or even operate in his power without a personal relationship. I had to say personal relationship. Without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 11, there's a passage that deals with the, with the seven sons of Sceva. And these, these men had seen the disciples cast out demons and lay hands on the sick. And the power of the Holy Spirit healed people and cast the demons out. So these rascals decided that they were going to adjure this demon-possessed man to be free in the name of this Jesus that Paul called on. And you know what happened? Scripture tells us that that dude jumped on them, 
beat them all, ripped their clothes out, off, sent them out naked and screaming. Why? Because you can't use the power of the Holy Spirit without a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no power of the Holy Spirit without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't borrow it. You can't claim it. You can't barter for it. You have to have a relationship with him. And in Acts chapter 8, there's a story of Simon the sorcerer who had been baptized by Philip after having believed the word of God. And then he was later rebuked by Peter because he had saw Peter and, and John, he'd seen Peter and John casting out demons and healing folk and laying hands on them, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Simon walks up to them, and he sees all these miracles happen. He says, hey, can I offer you a little money for the Holy Spirit? And I love the way that, that, um, that Peterson puts it in the Message Bible. He says, Peter looks at, at Simon and says, to hell with you and your money. You can't buy the Holy Spirit. He's not to be bought. It comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where the power comes from. Now listen to this as I wrap up. The Holy Spirit's power illuminates the word of God. It brings it to life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God has the, the ability to transform our lives because revelation of the Word of God comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he uses the Word of God to speak to our hearts, and that's why you hear me constantly urge you, get into the Word. Find time to get into the Word, no matter how busy you are. Read and meditate on the scriptures. Meditate on the scriptures. Meditate on the scriptures. Let it sink down deep into your hearts. And even if you don't fully understand what you're reading, maybe you're new to the scriptures or maybe you're, you're, the Holy Spirit has led you to a book that you've never researched before. Even if you don't fully understand what you're reading, keep reading. Because the Spirit is still dealing with you, even though you don't know it. He's saturating you with the Word of God while you're reading. I want to close with this passage of Scripture. And I want to challenge you with something this week. As followers of Christ, who are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you for, to something this week. Will you stand with me? Jesus says, those that are mine are mine, and I hold them in my hand, and no one can pluck, me, pluck them out of my hand. I don't believe that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and that, and that you, if you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, that that seal can ever be broken if you are a follower of Jesus Christ.
can't find it anywhere in Scripture. The question is, are you truly a follower of Jesus Christ? Have the fruit of the Spirit of Christ been evident in your life? You don't have to have a bushel in areas where you're just growing. Just some evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. If your life looks the same this year as it did last year, no growth, no fruit, you have to ask yourself, am I really a follower of Christ? The scripture tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. You know how we grieve the Holy Spirit? By the way we treat each other. Look at this whole passage in context. Go back and read all of Ephesians chapter 4 in its context. I'm only going to read a, a portion of it. And you'll see that everything that Paul talks about up to this point is all relational. It's how we're supposed to treat each other. If I somehow abuse you as my sister, it grieves the Holy Spirit because we're one. If you somehow grieve me as your brother, it grieves the Holy Spirit because we're one. We are one in the Spirit. So I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to challenge you with something. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of us speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. Everyone say relationship. It's all relational. Let no, corrupt, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Close your eyes with me. This week, I want to challenge you that if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, that you make it right. This week, I want to challenge you that at every opportunity that you have to lose your temper and to respond in malice or bitterness, or anger, 
that you pause for just a moment to be led by the Holy Spirit of God to respond by speaking the truth in love. I challenge you to take a look at your relationships within your concentric circles, and if there be any brokenness in those relationships, seek reconciliation this week. And I want to challenge you to remember that you are sons and daughters of the Most High God, citizens of his kingdom, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live triumphantly in every area of your life. Do not let the enemy trick you into coming down to his level. Live victoriously this week. Live triumphantly this week that God will be glorified by your life. Father, I pray over my brothers and sisters today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that your spirit seals us to the day of redemption, where one day we will stand before you <laughs> sealed by the blood of Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, standing righteous in the righteousness of Christ. Until that day, give us the strength to endure every single trial, test, and temptation that comes our way. And specifically, Father, I pray for this week, for everything that we will face, that you will Help us to be mindful that your power resides on us and in us to live triumphant lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.